0: Welcome to People's Church Podcast. This is part three of our series, Streams, with a message entitled, Passion, with Pastor Nelson Jones. And happy Mother's Day to all of you that share that privilege. And uh, my mom was passionate about two things. Well, three things. Uh, First was she was passionate about her relationship with Jesus Christ. I was raised by a mom that just loved Jesus. And uh, it showed up in just about every way in her life. Uh, she was very tough when she had to be, and uh, she was very, how do I say, tender when, uh, when that was required. She was also very passionate about her family. Um, boy, you did not want to um, get in the bad books with her if you were attacking one of the family. She was, uh, she was a bit of a bear as mothers can be and uh, when things are threatening what they love. Third thing that she was passionate about was disciplining all of my brothers because they were so bad. I have a cup, a mug. I like to point it out just about every Mother's Day. I have a cup or a mug that I received for Christmas one year. All of us got mugs that year. They got really nice mugs. You know, they hold coffee and tea and all that, but theirs said, like, Merry Christmas and all that stuff. Mine said, Merry Christmas to an extra special son. I bring it out at all family occasions. There's an old story. I just want to refer to it in the light of Mother's Day today. It's uh, found in the book of Deuteronomy. In this particular story, um, the Amalekites were attacking Israel. Israel was on their journey through the wilderness. And uh, the Amalekites are like, they were like, uh, kinda Bedouins, they they, uh, just kinda set up tent wherever they wanted and then moved on, and they were raiders, is what they were. So they, they would be raiding Israel, they'd be hitting here and 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 hitting over here and retreating. And finally one day Moses said to Joshua, choose some men to go fight. And so he did. And they got them into an outright fight. And Moses said, you go and take the sword and fight them and then I'm going to go up there with Aaron and her on that hillside up there and I'm going to pray. And so he went up there and he prayed. And uh, he had his hands lifted to heaven. And as he prayed, the story goes like this. Whenever Moses' hands were lifted to heaven, the Amalekites were losing, the Israelites would be winning. And when his hands got tired and he dropped them, it's really hard to hold your hands up a long time, same position, you know that. And when he dropped them, well then the Amalekites would start winning. So Aaron and Hur came and held up his arms. And Israel won a great battle that day and stopped the raiding and stopped the the fighting uh, from this particular nation. There's two things I want to bring out of that for you as moms and dads, you too. Moms, you're the ones that we are celebrating here today. It takes hard prayers and hard blows to fulfill the role that you're called to. Hard prayers because you've got to pray some things that you don't want to pray. God, deal with this boy's heart. God, I release him, surrender him to you. God, you got to protect. You've got some hard prayers that you pray. And then you've got hard blows you have to bring. I'm not speaking in the physical variety. I'm speaking about hard blows where you will bring the truth. You will bring to them the challenge at the same time as the protection. That's what was taking place on that battlefield. Hard prayers, it's hard to hold your hands up. It's really hard to keep them up. In this day and age, The kids are under such attack. Your principles and values are not celebrated in the marketplace. And you are experiencing a lot of resistance to raising them in simple, great values that the Christian faith provides. It's gonna take that kind of praying and your hands are gonna have to be in the air a lot. You need others, don't just do this on your own. You heard that in the video clip, great clip. Don't do it alone. You need others. But your hands have to be in the air raising these kids. And anytime you let it down, the Amalekites, the Raiders, will win. Prayer is still the fundamental of parenting. You are the number one person that needs to be bringing your children to the throne of God. That's why we celebrate you today, is because we know how tiresome it can be to keep those hands in the air. My mama, as I've said before, was very loud about her prayers, extremely loud. She'd go to her room, close the door, it didn't help. My brother's names would still be called through that door. she prayed the other thing she did is she fought she just wanted to raise kids that would value and love the same Lord that she did take life seriously under the direction and obedience to God and fulfill the purpose that they have been given by God she raised some great kids They have built great businesses. They have built great professions. They have learned to work together in achieving all of that. All of that goes back to raised hands
1: and hard challenges.
0: God didn't say, Moses, you go in there and just pray. He didn't take the sword out of Joshua's hand. You're going to have to battle, too. Don't shrink back from the forces that come against you. Don't shrink back from public opinion. Don't shrink back from neighbors that differ in you and values on some very basic things. Take your stand. You heard it again in the video clip. In the end, they'll thank you. Clarity today is a gift, and you are the number one bringer of it. So use your knees, raise your hands, keep your sword, and fight. And you'll win, because he's with you. He's with you. How do you keep yourself, though, going strong, through the challenges of life and in such incredible roles like that. Well, I want to talk about the word passion today. Passion is an incredibly powerful word. It is the fuel of anything. In fact, passion is that which has fueled some of the greatest creative moments and achievements in human history. It's behind all great art. It's a creative force. It is behind all great music. Passion is. It's even behind all great architecture and great drama and great literature. Passion. It's what creates greatness. It, and greatness are synonymous, it seems. You know, if you've got passion, then greatness is gonna be there. And you can't have greatness without that passion. Passion is what absolutely sustains momentum in your life for the things that matter. In fact, I will say this nothing great that has ever been accomplished has been accomplished without passion. Passion has driven scientists to cure diseases. Passion has pushed adventurers into unknown territories and explorers in our history. It motivates ordinary people to take on extraordinary things, to push themselves out of comfort zones, to, to, to lift them out of the doldrums of just the routines of life. It causes them to think bigger than they are. It causes them to look at things greater than they are. Passion. 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 Causes athletes to achieve all kinds of records. Except for the flames. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Now I know some people watching Calgary, if you're online right now, just throw it at the TV, said you can't get me. (laughs) Passion energizes life. It energizes everything about your life and that's why when it runs low when your passion and its sustainability is weak you find yourself not very energized at life and retreating from life because you passion is not an option in life it's an absolute necessity god actually made you to live a passionate life john 10:10 10, 10, The thief's purpose, being the devil, is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus then spoke these words. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. As moms, as dads, in all that we take on in life, he intends for you to have a rich and satisfying life. And another way of saying he wants you to live passionately passionate life. Vitality, vibrancy, enthusiasm. He wants you to have it all. Now life has a way of always challenging passion. So I'm going to take a look at three areas where life gets challenged. These areas get challenged and it's hard to maintain passion at times. So let's understand some of what is attacking you in these areas. First, the emotional area. Just emotional passion killers. We're going to look at a couple of them. One of the great mistakes that we make with passion is to think that somehow it comes from some innocuous place in us. It's hard to define or find. In actuality, passion comes from very hardcore places. An emotional passion killer is motion without meaning. You know, when you've got a lot of motion all the time going on in your life but there's no meaning with it, there's a disconnect between it actually having a purpose and you're just doing the routines. Passion will bleed out of you very, very fast. Isaiah 49, the first part of the verse says, but I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Boy, there are days I know that you feel that. In the emotional area, you often feel that emptiness. That, you know, what, did, what just happened? I mean, I'm getting bored with life. This is like, this is just like dull gray. I've got lots of motion in my life, but the meaning is not there. I'm doing a lot of things, but I'm not deriving any meaning out of what I'm doing. You feel that often, I'm sure, as moms, that you have to you know, carry out all the roles of what that requires of you, but there's times where the meaning of it, you can disconnect from it because your emotional passion has bled away. Long gone is the day when you first held that baby in your arms and your heart was full. And now you're fighting for their soul and you're fighting for them and they're fighting with you. Here's just a little thing about fighting. Remember, you're not fighting with your kids, parents. You're fighting for your kids. The fight you're going to have in parenting is not with them. If you're doing that, get out of that very quickly. You're fighting for them, and that never stops. You're always fighting for them. When you fight for them, there's deep meaning in that. When you fight with them, there's just this emptiness that starts to come in. And you're going to get out of that fight, you'll avoid conflict and confrontation with them. You're going to avoid challenging too strong or too deep. You're going to avoid strict guidelines. You're going to avoid anything that pro- provide a collision. And you must never avoid these things. But the only thing that keeps you in that game is you're fighting for your kid. So you do the hard math. Motion without Meaning. You want to have meaning, do the hard math. Don't be a parent that shrinks from the fight. Get in it. Fight for them. The second thing under emotional passion killer is broken rhythms. Life is meant to have this rhythm to it. And every role that you've got has a rhythm to it. You know, rhythm in music is just sort of the baseline. It's the idea of keeping this thing uh, in uh, can we say a orderly fashion and then every other instrument plays off of the rhythm and conducts itself according to that rhythm. Rhythm in life is something where you've got that thing baseline happening the way that it needs to happen. Rhythms get broken though. It was a great football coach that said something like this. He said that Tiredness makes cowards of all of us. You know, if you miss night's sleep, it's not hard to start losing a little bit of passion, is it? When you are working too much, when you know you have in this season put too much into this area here, and you're feeling the effects of the overexpenditure of energy down one path, and you're feeling that you just don't have it in the other and your emotional world is wearing down, you are out of balance, your rhythm is broken and you need to return that quickly. There is just a basic math to success in anything. Here's what it is. You need to sleep. Do you recognize you need to sleep? How many here are great sleepers? Don't raise your hand. Count it a blessing if you're a great sleeper. You need to eat. Any problem with that out there? You need to eat. Here's some things that you might not have thought of you need to have fun, you need to laugh, you need to do things with your hands and your head. You need, you need to make sure that you don't have too much of one thing all of the time. Rhythms. Many people today are out of rhythm and so it gets broken and now the good things that they want to do, all of the wrong things have taken over so they are now sitting in a land where there's a screen too much in front of them and not enough actual creative energy being created. They live in a land where they are doing the roles that they need to, but the meaning and the passion has really pulled away from it, disconnected from it. What causes us to break rhythms? What causes us to work too much? What causes us to to hide away too much? Well, there's two basic causes of broken rhythms. One is insecurity. Psalm 127, two, it is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Isn't it cool that the scriptures deal with such practical, pragmatic subjects as rest? And it ties it directly to what God wants. More or less, it's his will. So the next time that you're gonna take an afternoon nap, Just quote that scripture. (laughs) Take the nap. Go to bed a little earlier. Get your rhythm back. Insecurity, though, because we feel like it's on us. So we feel the weight of the challenges of the roles of life, like motherhood, and that role is weighing heavy upon us in a wrong way. The first thing in that video clip was not wanting to, pass, to uh, mother by fear. Didn't want to be a fearful parent. Insecurity is always going to cause you to break rhythms. You have to learn to trust God. By the way, that's why prayer is a fundamental in parenting. Prayer is an act of trust. The second thing it causes broken rhythms is discontentment. Ecclesiastes 4.4 says, I have also learned why people work so hard to succeed. It is because they envy the things their neighbors have. But it is useless. It is like chasing the wind. They envy the things their neighbors have. Discontentment. It's always the rival down the road mindset. We'll get this. We're going to have this. Aiming sometimes at the wrong targets and then trying to get there far too fast because of an envy that we have towards where others are at. Discontentment with life. Discontentment will cause you to break rhythms. And you'll chase things too hard that you shouldn't chase because you're chasing the wind. When we chase the wind, we're chasing an empty pursuits. One of the great things to learn about rhythms in your life is that they can never be healthy in your life as long as you have a core discontentment About your life and what you have and and what you do. We need to have emotional strength and passion. It comes when we feel secure in our trust of our Lord. It comes when we are content with the blessings. I love that last song that we just sang. The evidence is all around me of his goodness in my life. Contentment. And we need to make sure that our motion is attached and connected to meaning so that we're not taking the easy way out of everything because we just don't want the pain or the struggle of the fight. You need to be a fighter. If you've given up in fighting for your kids and now you're just fighting with them, you need to change that quickly. Because you need a good, healthy passion back in you for God and a healthy passion for the role that he's given you and a healthy passion for the outcome of your kids. Then passion can also bleed away in relational parts of our life. Here's some relational passion killers. Unresolved conflict. Nothing empties a home quicker of healthy passion, then conflict that doesn't get resolved, it just rests. Conflict that sits on some back burner and everybody knows it's there and the eggshells are out. Conflict that persists over a day, over a week, over a year. Doesn't change anniversary by anniversary. Unresolved conflict. Job 5.2, surely resentment destroys the fool. Conflict in our life is normal. It's not avoiding conflict, it's resolving conflict. And part of resolution is even just to resolve that we won't be resolving this distinctly in, the, in, in uh, where we both are happy with the full resolution, but we will resolve it that this conflict does not continue on between us. Conflict is a part of any relationship. In fact, friendships that seek to avoid conflict will soon lose the foundation of what a friendship is to be and it will shallow out. Relational depth is not determined by the good feelings of love. Relational depth is determined by what you're willing to deal, how you deal with conflict in that relationship. You want a deep relationship, you best learn how to deal with conflict in your relational world. Otherwise, depth cannot be achieved. It's how you deal with conflict that drives you deeper together or pulls and rips you apart. You know, the devil's always there at every decision point and every conflict in your life. He's always there to try and point you down. Not up. And conflict is the point in time where you find out how deep your love really is. Whether it's a husband and wife or whether it's friendships, you find out when there's conflict. And if you're saying, we never have conflict, then one of you is dead. Job 18, 4, you're only hurting yourself with your anger. Will the earth be deserted because you are angry? Will God move the mountains to satisfy you? Boy, when you learn how to conflict, when you guys can walk through conflict together and it's bringing you together as you even are maybe apart in opinion, you've really learned. How to love. And when you learn how to do that, you are going to do really good at passion. The second thing that really kills relational passion is solitary confinement. You know, solitary confinement is supposed to be this special kind of punishment where you get cut off from people and you're put into a a little room. Do you know that? today this is a normal process how many of you have a solitary confinement room where it's a you know rectangular usually and the only difference is you have a screen and a chair such a comfortable chair Solitary confinement is where, when things are uncomfortable, I pull back. Passion cannot exist when there is nothing but retreat. When we get back behind walls and build them high enough, and then we wonder over the years why the love changes. Not for the good. Why passion for our relationships is not really growing in any way. Because you really need both there. Present, accountable, men and women. Don't confine yourself apart from the one that you wish to be intimate with for the rest of your life. Don't confine yourself from friends that you want in your life a year from now. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I read an article here just recently. Is this Canadian article? How the system of care for the elderly is one that they just are looking ahead and saying, "Boy, we are in major trouble." in about 10 to 20 years they're saying this thing is going to be unsustainable here's the biggest problem people quit having families and many are growing older without children who would normally be the caregivers leading the caregiving and so now we have a society of people growing older without any of those family supports and now it will become the system that supports. But I dare say that's just scratching the surface. Because I don't really think it's just about a numbers game. I think today we see a different kind of confinement. I think we see where families do not have those connections, but rather because of the way that the family unit has developed and the way our society is. We are looking outside of ourselves and our responsibilities to one another. Two are always better than one. But two are always breaking confinement. Solitary confinement can't be achieved as long as there's two. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, this is being written to the church, and it's saying, Christians, Christians, Make sure that you are gathering together. You need each other. You need to have it in, look at this word. We need to have that habit. We need to be doing this on a regular basis. Because we need each other to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You want to have passion. That happens because you're intersecting other people and they're able to intersect you and you build passion together. Passion cannot be happening uh, in in a solitary confinement methodology to life and everything that you go at. I've watched people through the years play out the solitary confinement card. And as they age, the predictable thing happened. More and more, their friends pass on, and they, what friends they might have had, and they end up in a loneliness, in a structure of no relationship. And why is that? It's by choice. Passion has to be restored to your relational world. You need to deal. With conflict, learn how to build passion through conflict. Learn how to break the solitary confinement that is so getting entrenched when people get hurt or they go through things or they just are disappointed or they just don't want to put in the time to build relationships. I want you to have great relationships, I just can't do it for you. You want great relationships, you're the one that can do it. But you're going to have to build passion. And that means you're going to have to start operating with other people and opening up your life. Spiritual passion killers. Spiritual passion killers. When our passion for our faith and our Lord diminishes... We are hurting the core strength out of which all other things drive. Here are some of the things that will kill your spiritual passion. An unexamined heart. Lamentations 340, let us look closely at our ways and examine them and then return to the Lord. Let us look closely at our ways. He's saying take the inward gaze. Now take a good look. And when you take a good look at your ways, you've closely looked at them and examined them, then return to the Lord. He doesn't say, if you find something. He's saying, you will. If you take a close enough inward look, I guarantee you, you'll find something. And then he says, return to the Lord because it's in the return that things receive passion that's where passion is built is in the return but for that to happen we must be willing to examine our ways closely and then return to him another scripture or another point is soul starvation we starve our own souls Deuteronomy 8.3, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna of food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You need passion and you have to have a well-fed soul for there to be Passion that is sustainable, what does that look like? It looks like the word of the Lord. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. There is something sometimes I think within us that is very selective about what we will receive from the Lord. And when the Lord gives us challenging words about our attitude, maybe in relational world or things like that, and he's given us a little challenge, it might not even be that really strong challenge, but you find yourself pulling back from that word. It's not going to reach deeply into your heart. The same old defenses kick in, and it can't penetrate. You are starving your soul. Your soul needs God's word for food. It lives because of God's word. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You can eat bread and your biology will survive, but your soul can die. You will not have a thriving soul until you eat the bread of the Lord, which is his word. Proverbs 3:22 says for they fill you with living energy and bring you honor and respect. God's words will bring you the kind of energy that It's spiritual in its nature. He first is going to breathe into your soul, then he breathes into the rest of your world, your emotions and your relationships. If if he can't breathe into your soul, he can't breathe into your emotions or your relationships. You got to welcome the breath of God into your soul. Your soul is where the strength is determined, where his life is built and revealed, where you get more of him and less of you, where you generating that energy, that living energy. Jesus said to the woman whose life had been trashed by her own decisions at the well, Uh, she's telling him the story while he's bringing it out of her and he finds out she's had five relationships the one she's in is not her he reveals all that and he knows this and he brings her back to this if you knew you are talking to you'd ask him for living water living water from Jesus he will breathe into your soul but he does it by his truth. He does it by his word. And thirdly, truth disobedience. James 1, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Not only is the word of God something that brings life to it, but it only brings life to us as if we obey it. God is not like your mom who will call you three times for supper. He's gonna speak into your soul, and your soul's either gonna engage and embrace with that, or your soul is gonna push back against that. Here's how you know whether you are successful did it make it into action? Did it get to the will, and did it get to the feet and the hands? Don't just listen to the God, the, the God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. And lastly, self-centered life message. This will kill your passion. This is the one that right now is killing the passion of so many people. Yeah, Christians in there too. Simply because a self-centered life message means that you're not going to the source of life. When it's all about us, when it's all about you, when it's just us, you're in a place where you cannot generate this kind of life. You are believing that somehow it comes out of that it does not. Have you ever felt yourself come alive because you did the kindness to someone else? Have you ever felt that kind of smile upon your face when you went and you actually got engaged in assisting other people? Or when you obey God in something and it was a hard thing to obey, but there was something special that just started to breathe life into you. Have you ever felt that smile on your face? That's because you moved against the self-centered life message. Look at 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. One of the great things to get in the habit of doing is just talking about what Jesus has done for you. Start in your own family. Start with your own children. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. Tell them about your experiences with Jesus through the years. Sit with your grandkids and tell them about Jesus and your journey with Him. Your story is going to be the best story that you could ever tell them, and it is a Bible story because it is His story. Tell Him. Tell your kids about what interactions you've had, how He's helped you, how He's helped you, how He's walked with you, how He's carried you. Tell, talk about Jesus and His goodness. Tell others the night and day difference he's made for you. Make your life an expression of the goodness of the Lord. If you do that, you will have passion. See, passion is energy. And it's energy that finds itself not within our members. The passion of your biology Is absolutely like very temporary and it moves all over the place. The passion we're talking about is a passion for life a real difference in your life, a life that is energized so that you carry it into your roles, but it begins within the spiritual realm with your faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why you need to be on your knees with your hands raised up and you need to be in great battles, in great fights, and not shrink back from the challenges. You need to have that because that replenishes again your passion. You know when we have big events here and we do a lot of them um, whether it was just even the last six weeks what we've done uh, where we had the April 1st and we know we had thousands of people come through this place on April 1st. That was an amazing day. And you know what I know happens amongst all of those that serve? Is they just start sharing about, wasn't that great? That was just amazing. I met such and such, and, and they had their kids here, and they were here. I never thought I'd see them in church. Well, as far as they knew, they were in church. Easter, we had over 50 people commit their lives to Jesus Christ. The ladies' fashion show had 325 ladies sold out house. We just sold out what we, they want better sight lines, so they shrink it to 325. So they had their big dinner and their fashion show, and every here's what I know I'm going to hear all the time after is, is how good that was, and just... Out, what a fun evening, and what a great invite for friends, and everybody celebrating. Why is everybody so passionate about these things? Because they're involved in something bigger than themselves. And if you really want to know how to build passion, that's how you do it. You get involved with things bigger than you. If you're a mother today, you're involved with something bigger than you. If you are if you are somebody that that is just going to sit in the little confinements though of a, of that self-centered kind of life thing, what do you got to talk about at the end of the day? And then as it goes on and time is spent, who do you have to talk about it to? I'll tell you, it's always the team game. It's always the idea that we are together in some great exercise that matters, not just in this world, but the world to come. When a mother mothers with that spiritual inference that she is the number one soul winner of her children, I'll tell you, there's greater passion in the tank for mothering. I'll tell you that when their kids, her kids are gonna go through some real trials and troubles, she's gonna have greater passion because she's not gonna let go of the sword or bring her hands down because the fight she knows is hers. And she's going to take that fight there and she's going to pray and she's going to take the sword and she's going to do what she needs to do and she's going to be honoring to God and carry it out. There's a passion and intensity to what she does because she's connected to something bigger than herself. When we are connected to things bigger than ourselves and we are teamed up in those exercises, I want to tell you that I don't worry about your passion level. You will be motivated. I didn't say you'll escape all pain or you're going to cruise through all challenges. I said you won't sit in some confined room shrinking back from the challenges of your life because it counts too much to be in the game. Because it counts too much for you to have your arms up. It counts too much for you to have the sword in hand ready doing battle. It counts too much. The, The outcome is too important. See, the biggest problem with passion today is that people are going for the wrong kinds of passion, only that which makes them feel good. They don't understand passion. Passion is not about what makes me feel good Passion is what motivates me to the deepest sacrifices. What I am passionate about, I will sacrifice for. I'll put it all in. I won't hold back. And the more that that is something of meaning like God and plan and purpose. I'll never live a life of just motionless, meaningless activity. So, this Mother's Day, mothers, my gosh, what a beautiful thing you are doing. That's not just words, you really are the one that's going to stand between the enemy and your kids. You can't protect them from everything because God's going to allow stuff, but you have to be with them in everything. You have to be fighting for them in everything. God did not put you there just to enjoy the first three years of their life. God has put you there for their life, for your life. And your faith and love of Jesus Christ, and your faith and love of your family is absolutely paramount to the activity of God. Never give up on your kids because of this one reason you'll never give up on God. Many of you are fighters, I know you. I even know the battles that many of you are in. My gosh, I honor you today. You are where you need to be. You are what you need to be. Keep your passion. Be strong in the role that God has called you to. For the rest of us, the math is the very same. Don't shrink. You'll get run over. No problem in this world today if you will not stand. Be passionate about your love of Jesus Christ. Be passionate about your love of family. Let's stand together. Father, as we bow our heads on this Mother's Day, we thank you for those that, Lord, you have put into our life that have brought with great passion the values and the things that have built us. We do thank you for our mothers, Lord, of mothers of faith, And if we never had that, Lord, then Lord, I pray that there'd be choices made that that's what we would be. And I pray that, Lord, we would be just challenged today to do a full, passionate life. Enough of motion that is meaningless, Lord. And I pray that we'll get in touch with what you're doing in this world around us and that we will, Lord, allow you to work in and through us. May our passion be obvious to all about what matters to us. May we not have the most important things, the most important loves of our life hidden. But proudly, Lord, hold them forward and say this, this is what I am passionate about. Put strength in our backbone, oh God. And I pray as we make decisions to team up in this life that we will all have people to help us hold our arms up and to stand beside us in the battles with the swords where we are standing and fighting. I pray your blessing upon each person here and may their heart be just that much more courageous. May their faith be that much more expressed in their life. And may their gratitude for how good you have been to them. Lord, literally fill the cup and roll over the edge. We thank you, Lord, for your passion for us. We return it, Lord, with a passion for you. And for what you've called us to be and do in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call, 780-539-0572, or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.